Just like that, the second hour is here. Monday edition is here for Hot My with Hutton Withrow across the Outkick Network. Glad you're with us. Sixth and Peabody, our location with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Coming up, we've got college football rapid reaction. Name some teams, discuss just initial impression halfway through the season. As October has arrived, the moving month has arrived for both the NFL and college, and discussion plenty coming up. An hour from now, uh, Bernard Pollard, former NFL safety of the Ravens, Chiefs, and Titans, he'll join us uh, here on Hot Mike. And right now we say hello to Dan, the man, Dockich. Another award-winning program this morning for Don't At Me with Dan Dockich across the Outkick Network. Nice enough to join us today. Dan, good to see you, man. Hope things are well. Yeah, Indiana's all excited, man. The Indianapolis is rolling. The Colts got a win over the Titans, and that's who Jimmy Ursay wants to beat seemingly more than anybody. So, you know what? We're all happy here. Are you happy with Anthony Richardson getting hurt with the shoulder sprain? And, no. Oh, okay. Yeah, because you were – so you and I, I was on Don't At Me this morning, and you made brief mention of the fact that uh, you're pissed off for greatness over the play call itself. What Richardson can't just finish a game, can he? No, and you got to help him. You know, he was 9 for 11. I get, you know, people don't watch, and they go by a narrative that he can't throw. And the two he missed, okay, he missed. But the dude's been pretty good Yeah, uh, dropping back to pass, uh, you know. And so all of a sudden you got a running back that's rocking and rolling in, in Zach Moss. He's going to gain 160. You got a backup there, and you're going to roll this guy out and with no pass option. Like the old single wing, you hike it to the best player and make him sweep right or sweep left. It was idiotic, and it infuriated me because, you know what, Jonathan, we'd been through this with Luck. People ridiculously said that Luck didn't have an offensive line. Well, that was idiotic. Luck was taught, not only did he have a pretty good line, but he was taught by professional baseball players how to slide. He was taught three things, slide, throw it away, or run out of bounds. And he refused to do it, and he took on linebackers, and he tore up his spleen when actually he had a fourth option uh, in that particular play, which was hit an open receiver. But <laughs> So now here we are in Indy, and whether it's the offensive coordinator, the head coach, whoever, they call a direct run, and of, it's just idiotic. He, fine, you want to roll him out, great. If he's going to run out of the pocket, fantastic. But to call a called run to the right side, open field, it's just stupid. And I'm telling you, now he's got the AC joint. I got the AC joint. He's going to, I guarantee you, he's going to have surgery. Once it comes out once, I experience this, it comes out more and more and more. It's like it broke the seal. So eventually he's going to have to have surgery on the shoulder. And this is throwing um, shoulder, too. for tell the, you that. Yeah, throwing shoulder, which sucks, yeah. too. Yeah, it's, it's the dumbest I, look, I, and I'm, I've got no patience for Colts stupid. They won, yay, Rob, three and two, good for them. They got Jacksonville, chance to, you know, really make a move in the division, avenge a loss. But damn, was that stupid. And now, you know, Gardner Minshew's fine. He's all right, but he's a backup for a reason. And our guy is Richardson. And now because of an idiotic coaching decision, he's out. Backup running back looks pretty good. Zach Moss. Jonathan Taylor Ooh. gets $41 million. 26 guaranteed. <laughs> he becomes the first running back to land uh, a long-term contract worth 10 million or more uh, per year. That is since Nick Chubb, and that was what nearly 800 days ago. Why did the Colts decide <laughs> to go about it this way instead of the way that we've seen other teams handle the running back spot with the players that want the bag? 
Well, Jimmy Ursay said all along, I'm not trading him. And then it became, I'm not trading him unless I can get stupid value. Maybe Calvin Ridley, Justin Jefferson, I don't know. But, you know, I mean, it's like me saying I want hair. It's just not going to (laughs) happen. So the idea of of trading him was kind of out the door. They love the kid. They really do. And I think reports of this schism were greatly exaggerated. Both both sides did what they have to do. You know what I mean? Like, like yeah. both sides. Posturing. So think about it. Jim. Yeah, Jimmy Ursay's got to say what he's got to say. And you know what? I said this all along. Money's going to talk here. Money's going to talk. Debo Samuel, money talked, right? I mean, uh, Josh Jacobs, he was on a plane out of town. He's back in the fold. Saquon Barkley, he was out of town. He's back in the fold. Money's going to talk, and it's just a matter of how much Jimmy was going to go to. And we kind of thought all along that Jimmy Ursay was going to go 12, maybe 13 million. Uh, ended up being a good deal for Jonathan Taylor. But I got to tell you, man, Jonathan Taylor getting a little Wally pipped here. Zach Moss looks legit. Zach yeah. Moss gets through the hole quick. Zach Moss is tough inside. Nice to have two weapons. We'll see what they do. But again, that's another reason I was blanked off um, about running. Freaking Richardson. Uh, honest to God, you got two running backs. Let's go. Use those guys to run. I don't know. It's yeah. it's but hey, look, it's good for the Colts. Now they got a couple weapons. Hey, and for those that don't think he can throw, just go back and watch the throw he made to Josh Downs uh, opposite sideline. Uh, beautiful right. throw in the first half. Uh Sean Payton, honesty versus reality, Dan. Uh I love the honesty from Sean Payton about the Denver situation last year. I don't think he said anything that was false, by the way. It was how he went about it, and we discussed the, the coaching code. How about the, the way things have turned out? Because consider it from Nathaniel Hackett's perspective. He was stunned that it, this got out and it happened in the, in the uh, training camp in the preseason. He admitted that. He's like, I thought this would come in week five. And by week five, not only does he not have Aaron Rodgers going to mile high, he has all the support of his locker room, and he goes and wins with Zach Wilson where all of a sudden there's a narrative that the Jets could be a playoff team. Uh, the seventh wild card was Zach Wilson, and they're playing the Denver defense, and they're playing Sean Payton, who talked crap this offseason. Karma's a mother in sports, man. <laughs> hey, look, I, I, okay. It is. You know, I don't even I don't even know if there's a code. It's almost like in any business. You take over a job, the job's open for a reason. Everybody knows what happened before wasn't good enough or else the Denver Broncos job would not be open, right? <laughs> and so all of a sudden Peyton decides that he's going to I guess he had his choice. think he's going to make himself look good. Hey, you know, you're going to make yourself look good, but really you make yourself look petty. I really believe that. Nathaniel Hackett didn't do the job. Nathaniel Hackett got off to a terrible start with clock management and a bunch of different things, and he could never recover for it. Team was bad. Wilson was bad. But when you say that, fine, but you better back it up. You better do what you're saying you're going to do, which is do everything the opposite. Well, if you want to know the truth, they've actually done it worse. Look, I'm going back to the 60s last time somebody dropped 70 on a team. In the NFL, I'm looking at uh, Nathaniel Hackett on the other sideline after, as you said, Zach Wilson drops 31. And this, ladies and gentlemen, was in Denver. Now, I don't know how many. Uh, well, I do know how many, about two uh, home games you can lay an egg in and still have the people believe in what you're doing. You go on the road, people watching on TV, it's a little different than when you do it at home. And that was a absolute egg. Look. 
Bottom line is simple. I'm all in on talking. You want to talk, talk, but you better back it up. And they did not back it up. In fact, I would argue that they've made that situation worse. And I would also argue that because of what Peyton did, he made it kind of a laughing stock. Dan Dockich with us, host of Don't At Me across the Outkick Network. Mornings here is where you can find him streaming live. Um, speaking of situations and making it worse, Mario Cristobal at Miami. From this angle, <laughs> from this, do you, when you see that, do you think of a moment in your coaching career where you're like, man, I, I've got a gaffe that, you know, it was just a, a, a terrible spot that I was in? Or do you think, how in the bleep do you allow this to, to happen? Not once, but twice. With clock management, the fact you take a knee and you win the game with the victory formation. Well, both. I, I don't okay. know how it could happen. I did one at Buffalo. I had one at Buffalo. Game's over. We hold them. Referee says game's over. Uh, I okay. So I go to shake the other coach's hand. He's yelling at the officials. Two of the officials walk out. I walk off with them. And this is at Buffalo. We got a six-hour flight home. I go back. Now, the locker room was about a quarter mile down. My players come running off. I go, hey, get in the shower. No, shower pill. Let's, let's get go. going. I walked, I walked off the court with the official. Two of the three officials walked off. All of a sudden, the official comes down, and he says, hey, there's .6 seconds. The game wasn't over. It was a shot clock violation. I go, I just walked off with you. You said the game was over. So my players went running back, no shoes on. Uh, kid hits two free throws because they called a technical on me. It goes <laughs> overtime. We lose the game. I, I still feel terrible about it. And if I could have, I literally, I, and the official was like, Dan, I'm so sorry. I, I know. We, we said game was over. You walked out. I said, that's fine. But why are you calling a technical on me? Because that's what you did. Yeah. It was unbelievable. So, yes, you know, yes, I've had a moment like that. And it's something that every uh, year I think some guy who's a blogger in the Toledo area <laughs> reminds me of. And I could never get the official to pri uh, privately, he admitted all this, but I could never get him publicly to get me off the hook, right? But no, you know what? Hey, I don't know if you saw this, but Alabama did the same thing. Alabama on first down when they could have taken a knee and ran out the clock, uh, Milrow mm. throw a little pass to the left side that went down, and I'm sitting there screaming. Next thing you know, uh, who are they playing? Who is Alabama just playing? I was watching the game. Who did they just beat? Yeah, AM AM got the ball back when they would have never got the ball back. Take a knee. Take a knee and never go to the shower with a referee. Yeah. Never have your players shower. Just get on the bus. Yeah, and you can tell Saban's reaction on the bench on the sideline was something else too after oh. right after that game. Um and uh, at least in your situation, Dan, you had an you had a reason to be pissed off at the yes. fact that you walked out while you Crystal Ball, like, this seems like something that just it follows you. And it absolutely, yeah, it doesn't yeah, end well yeah. from the fan base perspective or from the program perspective in the athletic department. The only way you get over that is you go win the rest of your games, win a national championship, because that's following you forever. Hey, yeah, if, that is incredible. You've got that's fans, fans mean, everywhere look, in high school. It, you know the victory formation sign. That should be you, right. You, sh that, you should be able to fire with cause based on that. If you can't, if if someone sitting yes. at home could figure that out. 99% of the time. Well, you know, the truth is you should want to get to the victory formation. Yes, like, that's your goal. Think about it. Teams should, they should make the mistake the other way. Like, oh, <laughs> no, 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 no. Don't take a knee yet. The math doesn't add up. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, man. Like, they should do that. 
as opposed to look at the clock and go 40 plus 40 is 80 plus 40 is 120. That means it's, uh, oh, I don't know, two minutes. There's less than two minutes. We're good. You know, I, and they don't have a timeout. So anyway, yeah, I saw that. And you know what? Hey, honest to God, Jonathan, honest to God, he knew as a coach, I swear to God, every coach on that sideline knew once they made that mistake, you knew the other team was going down and scoring. I don't care. You, 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 you oh. The gods, the football gods are ruthless. And they're like, hey, look, we're going down and scoring. This is going to cost you. Uh, screw you. Figure it out the next time. Dan Dockich with us. Yeah, you're right. And the, yeah, you still were harping on that. Make one tackle and the game's all, 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 also over. Right, Dan, right. Uh, right. Re- reports are the, the Big 12 realignment, there's interest and about adding Gonzaga for, for hoops. What do you think of this uh, just for college basketball and a move for Gonzaga to the conference just for hoops? I think it's great for Gonzaga. I got to believe it's great for them. The exposure will be off the charts, and, you know, they'll get uh, TV money. I don't understand it for the Big 12, I guess. It's a great hoops, you know, it's you a great hoops conference right now, right? Moving it's about forward. the best that there is right yeah. now. Yeah, and it, and it would be even better. You know, I, I guess it's great. I don't know. Uh, it seems like what a great thing for Gonzaga. I mean, you're stuck in the Northwest. You watch games. Think about Gonzaga, truthfully. Mm-hmm. Gonzaga has two seasons, the preseason and the postseason. Nobody cares about who they beat. They're in the middle of it, right? I mean, you, you care about when they're at Maui. You care about when they're in the Bahamas. You care about Feast Week. You care about when, you know, they're playing Duke on national TV in December or whatever. Or Kentucky. And then they get in their conference and they're at St. Yeah, Kentucky. Uh, then they get in their conference and they're beating Santa Clara and maybe St. Mary shows up on ESPN three, uh, some night, but you don't care. And then the tournament comes and they're 28 and one and they get a one seed. And next thing you know, you're watching them. So this would put them with big boy basketball. And I would be fascinated to see if they can continue that kind of success. Let me tell you, there's no way they can continue that kind of success in terms of winning conference titles. That ain't happening and they won't get the number one seeds, but I got to tell you, for them, money-wise, I got to believe the Big 12. For them, exposure-wise, elevating the entire school, I suppose, hey, it's a great thing. It's a small Catholic school you know, in the Northwest. How big do they want to get? I don't know. I mean, they've been number one. They've been the number one seed where they are. That's, that's yeah. you know, uh, but hey, uh, money talks. Yeah. Money talks with all this. Final minute here. Um, uh, Dan Enos at Arkansas, the OC, emailing (laughs) students for emailing him, and he's emailing back from the Arkansas email account with the university. Uh, Freedom of Information Act, the request, uh, that that pops up. Do you have... Uh, do you have a situation? You've got to have a story where you wanted to fire back at someone over the years, and I'm, I'm guessing you probably have. Maybe not from the official email account, though. No, no. But I, I, I became like friends with some of the student reporters one time, <laughs> Jonathan. Okay. Like I would take them out. I would take them. I would take them out to lunch. They were great kids. Uh, and Nick Herm and Pete Stella. One of them wanted to work out with my team, so I said, "Here you go." And he ended up puking anyway. <laughs> he knew so he would. He, they came to interview. They came to interview me, and Nick left his book bag. So I waited two weeks. He never came to get his book bag again. So I left him a message on his answering machine. Hey, you dumbass! What the f- are you doing? Are you really in school, <laughs> or are you just some you know blah blah blah? Well, he he. He put it as his answering machine message, right? <laughs> this is way back, you know. That's awesome. So, yeah, so I, 
whenever I hear from, he'll email me once in a while or I'll heal on Twitter. He goes, hey, coach, I still have that message saved, you know, on the little tape that you had on your answering machine back in the day. No, you don't email students. Hell no. Look, if I was coaching, I wouldn't react back to people. Yeah. Dan. No, 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 no. You're making three quarters of a million dollars. You'd leave students alone. You uh, also leave Dan alone. Don't at Dan Dockage. Don't at me Don't with Dan Dockage. Mornings right here on the Outkick Network. Always great, man. Good to see you. Great visit this morning. Thanks for joining me this afternoon. We'll catch up soon. Thanks for being on my show. Thank you, Absolutely. buddy. Absolutely. Same here, man. Dan Dockage. The great Dan Dockage. Coming up, college football rapid fire reaction. We'll name a team and give us their thoughts. Glad you're with us. Coming up in uh, about 40 minutes, Bernard Pollard, he brings it. He'll be pissed off for greatness with what's going on across the NFL. Hard-hitting safety, Ravens, Titans, Chiefs, a lot to discuss. That's in the final hour. Hot my with Hunter Withrow across the Outkick Network. Our thanks to Dan Dockich, Dan Mullen, Bobby Carpenter, Chad Withrow, a well-deserved day off. He's back with us on Wednesday. Points bet. Hey, Monday Night Football coming up this evening. Raiders hosting the Packers. Get to my picks coming up. We need a winner this evening. If you haven't taken your shot with points bet, now's the perfect moment. The big reason why? Well, exclusively for first-time points bet users. Grab this unique offer. Right now, new points bet users can get up to $1,000 in second-chance bets. If your first bet doesn't go as planned, points bet has your back with a second chance. You get this offer by visiting outkick.com bet. Outkick.com bet is where you head. You complete the registration process there with PointsBet. Make your first bet. If your first bet happens to lose, well, second chance. That's where that comes into play for your bet. Remember, terms and conditions apply. you got to be 21 or older in legal gambling states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Outkick.com slash bet is where you can go to grab this great offer. There are stat padding opportunities. Players and coaches take full advantage of it. Davey Hudson joins us in studio. Davey, um, there's stat padding and then stat saving. And that's a theory that's going around about Shadur Sanders in Colorado right now based on his, what, completion percentage? That is the case. And this was an anonymous coach quote, but this is not one of those things you just make up to make up. But the the theory is that Shadur Sanders is helping his completion percentage stay higher by taking sacks when he simply should just throw the ball away. Now, uh, before Saturday's game, I believe he was t- he has taken 25 sacks in five games, which obviously is a high number. Now, yeah. you could argue that Colorado putting this offensive line together kind of across the summer not really they've having... got they have to get better up front and that's where the transfer portal will help them but he was averaging i believe it was like a 74 percent completion percentage prior to saturday's game after the struggle against arizona state that's down to 72.1 i believe is what he's currently sitting okay. at and he was in top he's top 10 in that category in college football i'm sure i'm 72 is probably right around there if he was what, seventh or eighth going into the game? Well, and prior to that game, he was fifth in uh, pass attempts. So he's obviously throwing it a ton to where, you know, that number is pretty eye-popping whenever you look at the rate in which he's passing and then just how successfully he has been. Yeah, so the full quote from the anonymous – put your name behind this. Well, that's the thing. With The Athletic, uh, go ahead. I was going to say, like, 
a lot of times, like, none of these coaches want to ever speak out. Like, well, but this is the – instead of – like, if you are if you have a source, you can fray, you can turn this into an opinion or a, 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 a potential theory that's going around instead of quoting an – because to me, that just – that's trying to get into the, the head of Shador and Dion to me. Now, I don't put it past them. I don't put it past them. But the, here's the quote. I think they want to rack up some stats for Shador. They're doing that already, by the way. That's not the quote. I'm adding this in. I think they want to rack up some stats for Shador. He really holds onto the ball a long time. I think he takes sacks because he doesn't want to affect his completion percentage. He's playing a little different than he did earlier in the season. Before, he showed that he was willing to step up and escape through B-gaps. Now he's retreating more. That from the anonymous assistant. Um, I mean... As much chatter that's been going on from, let's see, Oregon, Colorado State. We certainly know the TCU was caught off guard. I don't know why, you know, you've got the anonymous assistant coach that won't chime in on this. Maybe, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming, Davey, this is an upcoming opponent, not one they've played. Yeah, definitely somebody in the, in the Pac-12. The the big thing I have for... Now the chatter's internal, right? They're going to be asked yes. about this, but they don't know who is saying all this. I, I love that they're just throwing this theory out there, which, I mean, it it does look a lot better when you look at it at the end of the day. And obviously, we could go back. We could examine each and every sack and be, yeah. all right, coverage sack. Should he have just thrown this away? Did he not see the guy coming? Did he, you know, like just kind of sizing him up from an athletic standpoint? Do you think you're going to be able to outrun this? Um, I mean, Shadur's definitely surpassed my standards of what I thought was going to happen with this Same. team going in. Uh, Same. And it's not like he's, I don't know if stat padding for what, uh, for another uh, Bentley or whatever he's driving. Like, I, I don't, it's not the Heisman. It's not the Heisman. Uh, I mean, that Colorado's game this past weekend, I like what Dion said post-game. I mean, he's very open and honest about how they play. He's like, have to get the win, but this is some BS that we're doing. We got to get over this. Like, um, I don't, it, it, it would be different if there's still a national storyline and he's competing against another quarterback for the Heisman at the end of the year. I just don't think completion percentage is going to weigh a, a ton into the national perspective on who's the best player in college football. No, I agree. And I think the big reason and the broader point here is they're actually going at Dion through Shadur with this comment and saying like, oh, he's yeah. just out there to protect his son, make him look better for the NFL scouts, and it's going to help his yeah. draft stock in some way. I think that's it's also it up, But it's also easy just to say we're helping him by the BGAT comment. Yeah. We're not getting him hurt. Like we're just avoiding that. We're going to make sure he's the quarterback. The, the, in my opinion, the biggest thing Shadur is doing to hurt himself is his antics after games. Like, for example, they took a fourth-quarter comeback to beat Arizona State. Arizona State has one win on the year. Congrats to Colorado. They went over three-and-a-half wins. They got their fourth yeah. on Saturday. I didn't think it was going to happen at the beginning of this or before the season started. But he goes over to the Arizona student section and is, like, taunting them. I'm like – they have one win on the year. They also have a first-year coach. They're trying to build something, and they obviously don't have the cachet that Colorado does. But it's it's like, man, if you did that, and let's say against Oregon, you ended up beating Oregon where you all were ultimately demolished. Like, it wasn't even a game. I get that. But it takes a fourth-quarter struggle where you barely come off and get the win against one of the worst teams in Power 5. That's where it's just like, all right, just act like you've been here before. Even though they haven't, your dad's been in these situations. Surely you can take a moment and just be like, all right, I'm going to be the bigger person here. I'm not going to make this about me. That's where I took, hey. I don't want to say offense, but it's like, come on, man, no, you're better well, than this. Well, uh, the other, you're just not, I, 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 fan, we are not conditioned to 
these antics, right? It, the in the NFL, you can't hand a game or a touchdown uh, ball that, that Tyreek did to his mom in the stands without getting fined ten thousand dollars for it. Uh, in this case, this is going to be acting like they've been there before. This is Colorado. This is Dion, and this is Shadur Sanders. Uh, this is selling. This is fight promotion. Yeah, and that and that's I've said that from, from week one. They're selling a fight. They want you to tune in, and then post game presser is more about next week selling the next one and, and calling out your opponent than it is what just happened in the ring or in this case on the gridiron. Uh, speaking of gridiron, college football rapid fire. You've got some teams, uh, some programs, and we'll uh, go through just the perception of where they are coming off the college football weekend on Saturday. I do, and uh, to start things off, we're going to go with what I believe was the biggest game of the weekend. Number one team on our list, number five, Oklahoma. Sooners defensive front, havoc. Havoc at the line of scrimmage. They dominated, David, the way you want or I expect Alabama or Clemson to dominate in recent years. Dylan Gabriel, three, uh, 285 yards passing, uh, 300 yards roughly. He ran for over 100. He looked like a magician out there. They, there were seven lead changes, three ties. It was a classic rivalry matchup, and Oklahoma comes out on top, and what's a massive victory for Brent Venables. It is. I also thought it was kind of a sloppy game, but credit to Oklahoma. I, I don't know of many instances you can look back on where a team was defeated 49-0 to zero the year before and they come back and yeah. get a win whenever they're not exactly intended to be the favorite here. So shout out Oklahoma for avenging last season's loss. And, and hey, many times one-possession games, the special teams cost you. It did not cost them in this case. Yeah, uh, but it will lead us into our next team, Hut, but – Staying in that same game, number nine, Texas Longhorns. Easily could have two losses. Easily could have uh, one on Saturday and still be unbeaten. But to me, they're just like many top teams across college football this season. They're really good, not great. And before we sell on Texas, just keep in mind, I think we're headed to a rematch and a one-loss Texas team could still be in the college football playoff at, when it's all said and done. I kind of question just how good this team is because I don't think Alabama's that good this year, and they were able to get a win in that one. But but by the end of the year, it may look much better than the week after the Texas loss for Bama, yeah. for Texas. And Quinn Ewers, I mean, it, which Quinn Ewers shows up week to week? That's that's the other factor that, uh, that, that needs to be more consistent as they continue down the Big 12 schedule here in the final year. Yeah, we got some more teams down on this All list. Right. We can get into that conversation about just how will this look from a perspective standpoint from now versus three weeks down the line but next up hut number one team in the land the georgia bulldogs number one player for me right now is is brock bowers number one team number one player three games recently up 25 catches roughly over 400 yards receiving he has four touchdowns he's a he's a bad man and he's going to be a fascinating conversation this upcoming draft season but georgia finally showed us who they are chad was right last week uh, and, and Carson Beck put on a show. Four touchdown passes. Bowers had, what, seven catches and 130-something yards. And they cruised. Domination. And this is the feeling that we expected Georgia to give us when the season kicked off. We haven't seen that yet. They gave it to us Saturday. On the other side, Hut, the Kentucky Wildcats. Yeah, just, uh, again, good, not great. And in what many perceive to be a down year in the SEC, um, Good teams improve. That's where Georgia is. Kentucky, well, it was 
a lot like two years ago when Kentucky went in unbeaten. They left with a loss then. This one seemed even worse. Yeah, it looks like a, a paper tiger, everything in perspective now. But the one thing they really don't have that's like really important one's like, oh, it's a quarterback. They don't have a quarterback. They Devin and, Leary. And when they have to run, oh, when he, they have to run, I mean, Georgia's not the defense you want to run against. Nope. It, it's even more baffling now looking at how they were able to beat Florida the way they did yes. uh, after seeing this performance against Georgia. But staying in the SEC, the 11th-ranked Alabama Crimson Tide. Uh, how often do you see Alabama, who does everything practically they can to lose, they 14 turnovers in this game. They have 26 yards rushing as a team. Um, and... They win this game. The last three weeks, the defense has really stepped up and step, stepped forward, I should say. And look, they're, they're winning games when they honestly have been playing this way uh, going back the last couple of, of seasons, Davey. This, this time, though, A&M played the right game plan. They made Milrow beat them, and he did. He, he's growing into the role, too. And since he was benched in week three, he's completed... 75% roughly of his passes, and he's averaging uh, over 10 yards per pass, six touchdowns, not that many turnovers. And uh, Jermaine Burton, by the way, hell of a game. And this is where they can step forward, too, is with those two having a great rapport because they need help at wide receiver. Yeah, definitely a great second half for Jalen Milrow and Burton. I, I mean, if you're looking at the other side, though, what did you learn about A&M? Same old, same old. You know, they, here they are. A&M is not – they're just not the top-winning program that they should be. They're 1-8 in their last nine on the road. They're on the road this week, and they're coming off a loss. Um, here are, you know, top 15 programs that are, you know, a toss-up, and A&M's defense seemed to be stepping up. They did, and they still lose. Everything was right there for them. And Max Johnson – who's in for, um, they've got the, uh, Haynes King, excuse me. Well, Haynes King is making, you know, winning winning plays at Georgia Tech. And meanwhile, you've got A-Chain, who's flashing in the NFL. Max Johnson, in this case, didn't come up with the biggest plays needed. It was Milrow. Max, uh, it's a at tough L weekend for yeah. them. Max was at LSU before making the move to A&M. What did you learn from the Tigers as they, Barely escaped with a win over Missouri. Secondary's awful. Defense, you mentioned barely escaped that. They're going to lose again. Uh, LSU has allowed 94 points in their last two games. And as fun as that offense is, and that offense can go toe-to-toe -to -toe with anyone, it's just a defensive effort that's not going to allow them to win enough to get back to Atlanta. And it's accounted for 98 points of uh, what is uh, you know, a, a fun team to watch but not a, a team you want to be on the side of if you're trying to find out who's going to win the SEC. It's not LSU because on defense, they are awful, just like USC on the West Coast. Going down the line here, Hut. Big upset for a lot of people this week. The 21st-ranked Notre Dame fighting Irish, not able to put up much of a game there against Louisville. What did we learn? Yeah, I mean, 11, they fell 11 spots in the poll. I think that was kind. You know, Notre Dame, unfortunately, just not relevant. I had them in the college football playoff at this point. The way they lost to Ohio State is embarrassing. And, you know, every year we dedicate time to Notre Dame and the Fighting Irish for good reason. Got a great fan base. They're, they're craving a reason 
to uh, to to want to get behind a, a championship level program. Marcus Freeman, the, the fourth and eleven, uh, way early in the game, or way early in the fourth quarter, after the decision that was made late to not try to just you know take a penalty on the first play where you didn't know you had ten men on the field. Second time, okay, you didn't want to untime down. It's not a lot of confidence that that's growing in me about the direction of the program currently. Props, though, to Louisville. They got it done. How many points did I win in that, by the way? Six. Six. Sound right. Continuing to climb the ladder there. NFL overreaction is next. Sixth and Peabody, our location with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Hutton with you. Withrow is on fall break. A well-deserved day off for Chad Withrow with the kids, with uh, the Withrow uh, retreat, and, and much more. Uh, he'll be back in studio with us here at 6th and Peabody on Wednesday. A couple of injury notes, uh, college football and pro. Uh, Colorado uh, five-star Travis Hunter practicing again. That's great news uh, following the, the lacerated liver injury a few weeks ago. Let's see. At the uh, injury updates for... Daniel Jones, uh, Sam Howell, they've already been uh, sacked more times than just the uh, first quarter uh, of the season than Patrick Mahomes, Trevor Lawrence, Tom Brady, and, and Jared Goff combined. And that's bad news for Daniel Jones, who left yesterday's game uh, in that beatdown that Miami gave them for the Giants uh, with a neck injury. And it's not believed to be serious, but he's getting knocked around. If he's out for any significant time. Terod Taylor is the guy to go at quarterback. Justin Jefferson is uh, the, the big discussion now. He injures his hamstring, star wide receiver. If he's going to miss some time, looking at a one in four team in Minnesota that lost yesterday to Kansas City uh, in overtime and got the trade deadline coming up. Not for him, but for others. And that's a significant issue if Minnesota thinks they can still climb their way out over the next three weeks. Not good. Uh, Davey, you said right before we came back, there's another injury update or yes. maybe lack thereof, uh, meaning uh, injury, yeah. meaning no, injury. It's, it's still technically an update for, I, I guess we could call it an injury, seeing as okay. the way the quarterback wants to play it. But uh, Deshaun Watson, Browns had a bye week. He is still not on the practice field, even being medically cleared over a week ago. So today, so they're playing this coming Sunday – um, against San Francisco. Correct. Um, and it's a home game for them. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not hitting the panic button on this just yet, being that it's a Monday. I was looking at the Thursday night schedule just to see. But, yeah. Uh, are, are, you, are you thinking like that he's, he's pissed off at something, doesn't want to play? I don't, I don't think he's pissed off at anything. I think he's just being extremely cautious, and he knows. Uh, well, they, they, I had this guy give me a fully guaranteed contract for $230 million, so it doesn't really matter if I play or not. Yes, um, but the other, the other way to look at this, and I think this is how it has played out in Cleveland, they are, it, it got out that he had, the, he had the clearance of the medical staff. He should have played if he's got the clearance of the medical staff, personally. You can go down this list with Richardson playing week after week, banged up. Joe Burrow uh, who's throwing dimes to uh, Jamar Chase, and he can barely move, uh, but it continues to improve. We mentioned 
Uh, Justin Jefferson, who will try to give it a go, but again, soft tissue. If you're cleared by the medical staff, look at it from the team's perspective. He's got the, he has the clearance of the medical staff for the team that gave him the fully guaranteed $250 million contract. You don't want to just risk that for that type of guy. You would have load management in the NBA. This, to me, with how they're handling it today, again, coming off a bye, uh, they've suffered some losses. They've got the Monday walkthrough, uh, the, 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 the stretch. They have the, uh, the, you know, the, the conditioning to get whatever going for the week. Davey, I think this is, this is optics from the, from the Browns as much as it is Watson, who tried to flip the narrative a bit by saying that the shoulder injury was legit after that game following that trip. Um, that's, I think this is also going, by the way, early in the week. Watch on Wednesday, though. They'll have the, they have their day off tomorrow. Every player does, unless they swap it due to a short week. Let's see if he's on the practice field Wednesday. I'll wait, and I'll see. I, I would say it is interesting, though, that the team they will be going up against is probably the uh, nastiest in terms of what you could expect as far as taking hits from the quarterback and the 49ers because they are just all over the field constantly. Yeah. So it, I think it will be a rough game for whoever the Browns decide to throw out at quarterback. I'm looking, I'm looking at the uh, – see if there's an update now on Kelsey because he limped to the locker room. He returned with the non-contact ankle injury yesterday uh, and then went on to catch a touchdown. I mean, he's, he's going to play through this. Um, but, you know, it, there's two storylines here. Uh, number one, what happens to Kansas City without him? Because this is an awful group of wide receivers compared to what we're used to uh, in, in KC. And if he's got a, a right ankle or a lower leg that tends to linger a bit even after the game, who knows? But the fact he came in, I think, came back in is a great sign for them because he's he's their offense. Yeah, he's their offense in the in the passing game. Number two is the turf. That new stadium, which is what six or seven years old now, that stadium has the type of turf that the players are pointing to when it comes to the non-contact injury. They are changing it after this season. They've already announced that previous. So keep an eye on how many injuries happen in Minnesota because the players are going to continue to point to that um, as for, uh, for why they think they have a lot of non-contact or soft tissue injuries uh, that happen, not just on that field, but uh, MetLife and other places. Um, keep an eye on uh, comments made by Aaron Rodgers maybe tomorrow. On McAfee, does he go on every Tuesday? You're going to double down on the, uh, the Mr. Pfizer with Kelsey? He didn't seem to mind. Is that the case? I, I would imagine so. It's it, The big storyline you've already missed, though, Hud, is that Taylor Swift was not in attendance for the game in Minneapolis. Well. Don't know how you skipped over that one. Well, I mean. But, yeah, apparently, uh, no, Travis is uh, embracing the I'm not Mr. watching the game to see, uh, to see the Swifties, Davey. I was watching Red Zone, and they said they had, like, a huge announcement coming out of Kansas City, and I thought there was an injury at the time, but they just teased it as if it was, oh, Taylor Swift's not actually here. We've checked. And that was actually pretty frustrating. It was a very uh, strange weekend because we didn't have many. Uh, Deion Sanders wasn't really a big factor in the news, uh, and neither was Taylor Swift this weekend, other than her and – Kelsey being on practically every commercial like they were prior, but it's just uh, it's intriguing to see how much I notice it now compared to prior to all this happening. She'll be in Germany. 
Chiefs and Dolphins play in Germany. They want to expand the, the global stage of the NFL. Um, we'll see if that, well, I don't know. The, the schedule may not pair up for, for them whenever she's on tour. Maybe she can make her own schedule, though. We'll have to have our crack team of researchers cross-reference the dates yeah, on may, that one. <laughs> maybe so. Uh, let's dive into the NFL. Some, some, uh, some truths, some uh, buy or sell, some discussion about overreaction. Where do you want to start? I, we've already been hitting on it, but I want to start on the Kansas City Chiefs. Okay. Right now, they're 4-1. and one. They're atop the AFC as far as the rest of the competition in that conference. But when it's all said and done, Kansas City will be the number one team in the AFC. Overreaction or that's pretty realistic? I don't think they're going to be number one. Um, and it's just a consistency factor. They, they're finding ways to win. They've got you know the elite quarterback. They have the elite tight end. They find ways. But you can you can and the one loss they have is to Detroit, who we'll get Pollard's take on this in 10 minutes. I think they're a legit contender based on what we've seen uh, over the course of the start of the season. They 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 absolutely believe in what they're doing, and we've seen them win on the road, uh, both in Lambeau and they went on the road to begin the season there. I think when looking at this offense, Davey, it's a it's an overpaid wide receiving core that has not produced to the level that uh, is expected based on what they've had. They've they've now lost their top receiver in back to back years. Juju Smith Schuster uh, two years ago, uh, Tyreek Hill, and they just haven't developed that same chemistry that used to always be there, right? And they they have it with Kelsey, but when he's not there, they're done and. He missed week one, and now you've got a, a spot where you see this non-contact, and you think there's – tweets are going out like, there's Kansas City's uh, – we're going to look at them the, like a wild card team now. And, I mean, if I'm, if I'm thinking number one seed, I'm not thinking right now KC. I'm, I'm looking past them, and maybe I shouldn't. I'm looking past them, and I'm looking more at like Miami, Buffalo, uh, and maybe one of the teams out of the AFC North. Uh, their defense, in my opinion's not been talked about enough. They've been able to hold all five yeah. of their opponents this year to 20 points or less. And with That's Patrick Mahomes, I mean, it's like, hey, Patrick, you go out there, you get me three touchdowns, we'll win you the game. I feel like I'm well, going to take the Chiefs in that well, situation. But uh, number one seed, though, is what you said, right? Top yes. seed in the AFC. That's yes. what I'm, I, I think is an overreaction. No, I, I'm with you. And we'll go to the other team that's currently tied with them in the AFC, but the Dolphins. Are the Dolphins going to win the AFC East? Yes, I think they will, even though we're coming off of a game where we saw the Bills beat them. I just don't uh, – this is more about the consistency of Josh Allen to me. Is this Josh Allen – it doesn't have to be as great as he was against Miami where he had more touchdown passes than incompletions. I just don't know whenever we get to the crunch time December going into playoff even, can Josh Allen make that four straight game run where he's not forcing the football and having a game like we saw against the Jets? I, I don't think so. I, I'm, I'm looking at it from Miami's perspective and thinking if, if two is healthy, this is a Miami offense that absolutely can, and they're, they've only added talent and speed to them. Quick tangent. Will the NFL stop having a team play two weeks in a row overseas? And I say that because you heard the comments from Trevor Lawrence and several members of the Jacks being like, hey, we didn't have any of the jet lag. We felt at home. And then, of course, they're <laughs> sending Buffalo over there, and you could tell it looked as though that was a problem for well, them. Well, I and mean, I've made this trip with the team. That, that's on the team. If Buffalo wants to leave early, they can. Uh, they left and arrived on a Friday morning. The Titans play over in London this week. They're leaving on Thursday night. They'll arrive in London Friday morning, just like they did a few years back. 
um, Baltimore left from their game and went straight to London from a loss. So if, if you're looking at it, it was, it was an advantage for Jacksonville. Absolutely. But if you want to get over there and get acclimated to the time change, uh, you have other days to do that uh, before you want to schedule things. Here's one of the issues, though, and the Titans ran into this a bit. Uh, when the, the scouting, uh, they've sent three or four trips over to scout. They, teams can stay wherever they want. They stayed in this castle. And uh, it's not like you're paired with the teams or anything. You you, it's just a normal road trip for you. The NFL helps you with the setup and the traffic and things. Um, but this lawn, this massive three-acre lawn behind the castle is where they were scheduling to practice. And like, right before they got there, the horses had been on the lawn. So you can imagine you don't want you know AJ Brown doing anything in practice to turn an ankle. So you know, and that was just on one day in a walkthrough. But a, a lot of teams figured out, hey, we'd rather get over there and come straight back, practice in our own facility, and try to make it as normal as possible. They give you, uh, they'll give you a sleep. Uh, melatonin players have sleeping pods on the flights over uh, I was in the back uh, trying to stay awake and you know joke and watch movies and stuff with the the road crew that's where it's at and I had the jet lag for like two days when I did I was not expecting that the players though they're, they're not traveling uh, in coach yeah. for these trips the double-decker planes are where it's at I mean I and, and, and charted I, I struggle, struggle going from here to the West Coast. I couldn't imagine doing it the other way. But um, well, we're going to see more games go uh, overseas. And we've got one this week. We have one the following week. And I think there's even a couple more weeks after that. But getting back to the AFC East, Zach Wilson can get the Jets a wild card berth? No. No. Major overreaction based on them playing, wait for it, the Denver Broncos defense. We just saw them give up the massive leave at, at home to Washington. They then give up 70. They lose by 50 to Miami. And all of a sudden, Zach Wilson is getting the praise as a playoff contender. Uh, no, the Jets are going to be in games. The Jets are going to be in games. They were in games last year. But this is not the consistent quarterback to get you there. Things are wide open right now for a handful of teams in the AFC South, which I'm surprised by, and the Chargers have life keep them in mind when you're discussing many wrote them off i i began we we asked this last week i believe are the chargers done no and it's because uh, rogers is injured and burrow's been banged up Bengals have life too there are a lot of wild card teams in the afc that are going to get healthier as we progress and unfortunately for the jets rogers maybe he does return this season he probably won't because that would be in January when the playoffs would be rolling around. I don't think the Jets are going to be there, even as great as the defense is. Just hand it off to Brees. He was great. And play the Broncos defense every week. That'll also help you. Bernard Pollard joins us next. <laughs> 